Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. On this edition of the show, my new haunted object, my new possessed possession, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's haunted wheelchair. (laughs) This, I believe, is one of the most interesting and amazing and exciting stories that I have told on this show. I have been dying to tell it for a long time now, and it is a lengthy story, but well worth it. This is, I think, the kind of story that you would like to hear on a a show called Strange Things, and uh, it should be... No uh, surprise to you that I am a collector of all kinds of unusual objects. For many years, I even had a museum, and uh, soon I am going to be putting some of my collection on public display again. I will get to that later in the podcast, but let me tell you about how I attained this uh, sort of mind-boggling item. The story really begins back in 2009, because that is when one of my favorite TV shows of all time debuted, the show Pawn Stars on the History Channel. I've been hooked ever since. And I always assume that when I say Pawn Stars, you've seen it, you know, like I think everybody, I like surely everybody has seen this, but it turns out that's not the case. So if you've never seen Pawn Stars, let me just give you a general overview of this show. Here in Las Vegas, 
there is a pawn, a real pawn shop called the Gold and Silver Pawn Shop that's been around since I think 1988. And it is run by a man named Rick Harrison. And he operates it with his son, Corey, and Corey's lifelong friend, Chum Lee, who offers a lot of comic relief. And uh, the show started out, I mean, most of the show's run also had the the patriarch of the family, um, which is Rick's father, Richard Harrison. They called him the old man, but he died in, I believe, 2018. So the setup for the show is... Uh, you, you see one of the, the guys at, at the counter, like Rick, one of the employees, and a customer comes in with some type of, uh, usually a slightly unusual item. And they, they really nowadays, they just say, I want to sell it. They don't really mess with the pawn thing too much. They just say, I want to sell this. And so the formula is like, huh, well, I don't know what it's worth, you know, so let's get some history. Uh, expert in here to tell us the story behind this thing. And then we'll get an appraiser. And then if they want the item, well, then it moves on, on to negotiation. And uh, now granted, like most quote unquote reality shows, certain parts of this are staged for dramatic purposes and, and entertainment. But uh, I've always loved the show because, it, you know, it's a lot like an antiques road show, but it's, it's much more condensed and commercialized. And what you get to see are, are, you know, real objects that come in the door, uh, even though it's planned in advance for, for television, of course. But, but I know plenty of people who've been on this show and who brought objects in. So they bring in a real object and you get to, to hear the history of it. And I, I love those kinds of stories, of course. And then they really do get an appraisal and then they really do talk about how much this is actually worth in today's commercial marketplace. And all that's just interesting to me. So, um, that show, Pawn Stars, is one of the most successful shows in the history of cable TV. And, um, I, I, like I said, I've been watching it constantly since 2009. At that time, I was living in North Carolina. And every time I would travel to Vegas, uh, I would go and I would visit the pawn shop. It's like one of the biggest tourist attractions in Vegas now because, it, you know, it's so famous due to this show. And because of that, the property has expanded. And now uh, across the parking lot from the pawn shop is this sort of like complex that has uh, Rick Harrison's barbecue restaurant. And it's got a, a bar on top, you know, full bar upstairs. And then uh, Chumley has a candy store there. And uh, I can't remember all the stuff that's in this kind of little shopping center. But there's, you know, they, they built their own little <laughs> their own little Disney World there for, for Pawn Stars. And, uh, you know, they're great, great business people. All of them are quite wealthy. So. Um, like I say, I would start, you know, I would, I would go there and visit. And then of course, now I live in Las Vegas. And so I kind of have run-ins with people in the circles of the show, uh, no, pretty, pretty often. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know if he still does this, but for a long time, Rick Harrison, he would actually personally go and be the bartender for like a couple hours on the weekends at his bar there above the barbecue restaurant that shows you how much he enjoys interacting with fans uh, 
I mean, I would find that to be a little scary when you are as famous as he is to just throw yourself out there and you don't know who's going to walk in the door and they're getting liquored up. So, but he, he's fine with it. And so if you, if you time it out right, if you're a fan of the show, you can go, um, you can find out when Rick's going to be bartending. You can go in there. And that's how I met him for the first time. And, uh, which was great. You know, he was, we had some really cool conversations and he was nice enough to actually give me and, and Lauren, um, some free shots of fine whiskey. And he did not do that for everybody. <laughs> so that was really cool. And actually the first time I met him, I, uh, I really struck it rich, so to speak, because, um, I looked over and this was, it was a packed house. I looked over and sitting at the bar eating was Murray the magician. And of course, you know, I talk about Murray often. Murray is, uh, you know, he's one of the biggest magicians in the world. He's been all over TV. He has a show on the Vegas Strip. I mean, if you drive down the Vegas Strip, you're going to see gigantic signs with Murray's face all over it. And he's very memorable because he has this big shock of, you know, blonde hair and he wears thick glasses and, and he, uh, he, you know, he, he's always a very, um, lighthearted guy. You know, he, he's one of these magicians who also is, uh, like a comic magician. You know, he has a lot of comedy in his, in his routine. So, um, but he is the guy they would always bring in on the show when they had some kind of a, like a magical item. You know, here in Vegas, you get props that might come in, say somebody might have a pair of what they claim are Houdini's handcuffs or, you know, that kind of thing. And so, they would call Murray in to uh, to sort of authenticate it and to try to value it. So anybody who watches the show knows Murray the Magician. So that is how I ended up that night um, talking to Murray the Magician. And we became friends. And we even ended up, because uh, of our developing friendship, producing a sizzle reel together for a television series that he and I would co-star in. And uh, the the basic idea is that uh, we would go out and investigate paranormal stuff. And I'm the paranormal investigator guy. And he's the magician guy who's trying to debunk everything. Right. And uh, and a sizzle reel is what you that's like maybe a five minute video that you shoot if you have an idea for a TV show. And then you send that to networks and you, you use that to pitch the show. And um and we got, you know, like a big company working with us. This was a top notch sizzle reel. And, uh, and yet uh, it did not get picked up, which is what often happens. That's what usually happens, I should say, in the TV business. Um, which is one of the reasons that I don't mess with TV that much anymore because gosh, you put so much time into it. It's very time consuming planning out a potential TV show. And then most of the time it doesn't work out. You've just wasted all that time. So I don't do much of that anymore. And I think that, you know, I used to do TV all the time and now I'm very selective about what I do i think that nowadays it might even be harder to get into tv than it was say like i don't know 10 or 15 years ago because that we've reached a point where nobody's even sure exactly what tv is anymore because we have all these streaming channels 
and people aren't even going to the movies anymore. And now you see movie stars on TV, but they're not really on TV. They're on streaming channel. It's just it's it's a it's a very confusing landscape right now. The, all, the, no, everybody's trying to figure out like what it what is entertainment. It's being reinvented, and so um, it's even more complicated to navigate. But when we come back from this break, I promise you, this is leading up to a haunted Franklin D. Roosevelt wheelchair. Okay, just bear with me. <laughs> because I I found out about this because I'm a fan of Pawn Stars. All right. And I also have another kind of funny Pawn Stars story for you. I'm going to tell you first real quick when we come back, just in case that's of interest to you. And when I'm done recording this podcast, I'm heading straight to my workshop because I am working on a new product that is <laughs> quite fascinating and I don't think I'll be talking about it on this show I'll only be talking about it or at least you know revealing it primarily through my free e-newsletter and if you want to know uh, what it is go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for the free e-newsletter it takes you about two seconds put your email address in there hit the submit button you'll instantly receive an automated email from me with some links to some free online gifts that will start helping you manifest some magical things in your life immediately. You just have to do it. Try it out. It costs you nothing. Go to joshuapwarren.com on the homepage. Sign up for the free e-newsletter. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot slash strange things. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. One of the most notable experts if not the most notable expert on the Pawn Stars TV show, is Mark Hall Patton. They call him the Beard of Knowledge. And uh, because he has this um, impressive gray beard and he wears uh, an Amish-style hat, often black, he's just a very memorable-looking guy. And he is one of those guys who's just like a walking encyclopedia he knows everything and and it's true i mean he is the administrator for the clark county museum so las vegas is in clark county which is a huge county and uh i mean he's the real deal and i mentioned him just because that uh i did see him in person one day i was over there and uh, i look over and there's mark hall Patton. And I would have loved to have gone up and talked to him, but uh, they were filming that day. So, I, you know, I didn't want to bother him. And by the way, I've heard some people say, you know, they don't even really film that show in that shop. They have another set somewhere that looks like that shop. And I'm sure that they do have another set somewhere for all kinds of, uh, you know, extra special shots and stuff. But they do film 
some right there in the actual real pawn shop. I, I know because I've seen them do it. Um, that's neither here nor there. But if you're curious and you're a fan of the show, maybe you'd like to know that. Uh, but no, I didn't get to talk to Mark Hall Pat and I will make a point to do that one day. Hopefully he will, he will want to talk to me as well. I don't think he's into uh, ghost stories and stuff like I am, but who knows? But one more sort of synchronistic side story I just have to squeeze in here before I continue is that when I was growing up in Asheville, North Carolina, I was I was relatively close to Disney World in Orlando. By relatively close, I mean a nine-hour drive. So whenever the family would go to Disney World, Talk about the longest nine hours of a kid's life uh, waiting on that. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, for days to get to Disney World. So I never ever in my life growing up went to Disneyland, which is in California, Anaheim. And then my wife, Lauren, had a similar situation. She grew up in Katy, Texas, outside of Houston. So that's an even longer drive for, for her family. You're talking like 14 hours or whatever to drive to, to Disney World, but still closer than California. So she and I would, growing up, if our parents decided to take a big trip, then, you know, it would be Disney World. So now that we live here in Vegas, you can drive from Vegas to Disneyland in California, which was the original Disney theme park in, uh, in like four hours. So, uh, so once we moved here a few years ago, one day we said, you know what? Let's go see Disneyland. Let's see the, you know, we're adults now and that kind of sucks, but you know, it'll be interesting. This was Walt Disney's original paradise that he, he imagined. And also, if you're a real amusement park geek, there are some, uh, interesting differences in the rides. Uh, in some cases, very subtle, but definitely different in the rides uh, between the rides in Disney World and Disneyland, even though it's the same ride. So, like, you might have a slightly different setup for, like, the Haunted Mansion at Disney World than, than Disneyland because of the way that the, the grounds are constructed, etc. But anyway, that said, we go to Disneyland and this was in the middle of summer. And if you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, I mean, you know that on a normal day, the crowd is unbelievable. It may be the biggest crowd, the biggest number of people you've ever seen anywhere in your life. There's no telling. People from all over the world are crammed into to these places. And you walk and walk and walk, often in the heat, uh, forever. And you stand in line. You're prepared to stand in line you know, over an hour, you just expect that to get into some of these rides that last two minutes. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm at a point in my life now where I don't, I don't even think I'm willing to go stand in lines and do that kind of stuff anymore. I'm getting too old for that now. I've, I've seen it, been there, done that. So anyway, my point is here we are at Disneyland with a gazillion people. And of course we have to go ride. Everybody's favorite ride, I think, Pirates of the Caribbean. You have to do that. So we go over to Pirates of the Caribbean, and since it's such a popular ride, I mean, the line is just, it's one of those lines just winding back and forth and back and forth, and you just, like, go to the bathroom and you prepare yourself. So I don't even know how long we stood in this line. And at one point, when the line was sort of doubled up so that we were standing next to other people who were somewhere in the line, you know, but separate from us a little bit. Lauren says, 
Josh, look, there's Chum Lee. I'm like, what? And I turn, and sure enough, standing there in this line is Chum Lee from Pawn Stars. That was the first time I'd ever seen him in person. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, huh, that is wild that he's here at this ride the same time we're taking this ride. And I could have said something to him at that time, but I knew like, oh, this dude's on his vacation away. I don't want to bother him. I've never been real big at like bugging celebrities. I've seen a lot of them uh, living around here, especially. And I just, you know, I'm not going to go up and mess with them. What do I have to say? But the weirdest thing is we, we stand in line forever. And then finally, when it comes your turn to take this ride, a boat comes up and there's only so many people that can fit on this little boat. And then it goes on and the next one comes up and we ended up on the same boat as Chumley. I don't know how many people each boat holds. I'm thinking like 20 or something like that. But I thought, what are the odds of all these people in Disney World, uh, Disneyland? We would end up on the same boat as Chumley for this Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Just like, what does that kind of thing mean? I don't know. Well, we, we have talked a lot about synchronicity. You make up your own mind on that, but I have some kind of an odd connection with these guys and this show. And now we're in the same town. Okay. Now let's move on to the real meat of the story, shall we? You know that I own the haunted Boulder City ghost and UFO tour. And Boulder City, Nevada is a 30 minute drive from Las Vegas. I've talked about it a lot and, uh, it's the newest, uh, walking tour that I've created. It's the only paranormal tour in Boulder City. It's been a huge success and we have friends and business partners on all over the town of Boulder City. Okay. They've been so warm and welcoming to us there and we just love Boulder City. And, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of really cool items that I used to have on display in Asheville, but when my museum there got flooded and I moved out here, I shipped a lot of that stuff out here to Las Vegas and, uh, and, and a lot of it's been in storage and, and thankfully, you know, none of it got stolen. (laughs) It's now in a more secure location than it was, but I've been looking for an opportunity to put some of it back on public display. And so, uh, it's still a little too early for me to give you all the details, but there is a very uh, prominent, uh, esteemed place in Boulder City that w- wants to put some of my stuff on display. And, uh, for example, I have a crystal skull, an alien crystal skull that will be on display. I have some charred rocks from an actual UFO crash site in the Bermuda Triangle in Puerto Rico that I picked up with my own hands out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I've got some cool stuff like that. But you see, the funny thing is, um, it's, it's hard to find an artifact sometimes that has a connection to a particular place. And I kind of put this idea out there to the world and, and to Lauren. Um, I am looking for some kind of an object that has a, a mystery attached to it, but would also somehow connect to, to Boulder City. Um, and I didn't know what that could possibly be. Um, of course, Boulder City was created to house the workers for the Hoover Dam. 
So I thought, you know, maybe something to do with the dam, but I know what, you know, so I just wasn't sure what it was going to be, but I put the thought out there. All right. And cause I think, you know, this would be like maybe a centerpiece for this new display. So now within days of me doing this, we're watching television. And after all these years, the Pawn Stars TV show decided to have this spinoff show called Pawn Stars Do America. So what that means is instead of the guys staying in Vegas, as they usually do, and people coming to them, they decided to hit the road and to tour the country and visit different cities and be there for like three days and open up, you know, like a big tent or something and then let the community, the locals in that area come to them and present stuff. So it's very much like the Antiques Roadshow. So it's the same concept as the regular show, except they're just doing it, you know, in different places. And I'm, it's, it's fun. It mixes it up a little bit. So there, I think it was, it might have been their first one, first or second one. They decided to go to Yorktown, Pennsylvania. And of course, there's a lot of, especially, you know, military and colonial history there in Yorktown, Pennsylvania. So I was watching this episode of Pawn Stars Do America, and I saw something that immediately caught my eye. Can you guess what it may have been and where this story is going to go next when we return? (laughs) So funny how these things, you look back and you see how they, they fall into place. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, 
including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Here we are watching Pawn Stars Do America, and at one point in the show, Chum Lee of all people, decides to take a little sort of side trip within the episode with one of his picker friends to go to this small town in Pennsylvania called Sellersville and visit this antique store, which I believe was called Picker's Junction. And so he goes in there to presumably, you know, to, Try to find something that, uh, that they can resell. Um, which is actually not that realistic, I don't think, because I think a lot of times people who buy and sell things like that for a living, um, they, they prefer to buy from individuals because they can get a better deal. You know, if you, you, you deal with another dealer, then <laughs> it's everybody, everybody, uh, kind of knows the game here and it's a little harder to negotiate perhaps. But anyway, that's just my opinion. So anyway, they're walking around and they're looking at stuff. And of course, uh, I'm very interested in what they're going to show on TV, what, what kind of items they're finding. And at one point they stop next to this old fashioned wheelchair and Chumley, he, he flips over a tag or something like that. And it says, uh, used by Franklin D. Roosevelt for the 1932 Democratic Convention. Okay, like something to that effect. And and they have a little um conversation about it. And but then Chumley he just moves on to other stuff. And I was like, 
Oh, that's uh, amazing. I would buy that. That's I mean, to me, anything presidential is uh, something I would like to have in my collection. Unless it's a president I really didn't like, <laughs> you know, but, if, but a historical president where we're kind of removed from from some of the the emotions, um, you know, I, I'm always interested in that. And I just thought that is a really uh, intriguing item to pass up because, you know, here's the thing about uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt. He was notable for a number of reasons. For one thing. He was the only president to serve four terms. He was in there around 12 years. And before he was president, there was no law restricting someone for running for president as many times as he or she wanted. Uh, the tradition was just to do it for two terms, and nobody had ever won more than two terms. But after he won four terms, because of that, that was when politicians got together and said, you know what, maybe uh, we don't want that to happen again. That could lead to somebody becoming like the permanent president of this country. And so they passed the 22nd Amendment, which said that you cannot be elected president more than twice. So he was the only president to serve four terms. He also was the president who led us through the Great Depression and then through most of World War II. I mean, huge challenges. And to this day, there's debate over, you know, how he handled those things, if he should have done things differently. But uh, what made it even more amazing is that when he was an adult, he got polio. And so he spent uh, much of his adulthood in a wheelchair. Occasionally, they would give him some braces so he could stand up for photo ops, but he was, he was usually in a wheelchair and they didn't want him photographed so much in a wheelchair. So the wheelchair thing was kind of kept like a more secretive part of the culture around him. Um, and you know what? I, I didn't realize this. I was looking it up the other day. Uh, he died when he was only 63 years old, I believe. He looked a lot older, but I'm sure that's what going through all that will do to you. Um, best I recall, he was posing. This was 1945. He was posing for a portrait and he said, all of a sudden, I have a terrific headache. And then not long after that, he, uh, he slumped over and, uh, turns out he'd had like a massive brain hemorrhage and, uh, and he died, you know, shortly thereafter. But yeah, 63. But nonetheless, um, you know, he, he was just a, a very, like I say, a significant part of world history. And that kind of stuck in my head. And I thought, what an interesting thing. I, you know, I, I would have probably bought that, you know. But then, you know, the show moved on and I kind of forgot about it a little bit. So later that evening, I mean, like maybe an hour and a half after that. Lauren said, hey, Josh, look, she was just clicking through the channels. I think I'd gone to the kitchen for something and I came back and there was a local TV uh, channel and it was showing footage, old black and white footage from the dedication of the Hoover Dam. And guess who is standing there speaking? President Franklin D. Roosevelt. And I found this old newspaper clipping. And it says that he dedicated the dam on September 30th of 1935. 
with an estimated 20,000 people witnessing and uh, millions hearing his remarks broadcast all over the great radio networks in the country, said the presidential party left the special train at Boulder City promptly at 930 in the morning and sped out the highway leading to the top of the dam. Uh, So and I said, by golly, that's it. I wonder if there's some energy attached to that wheelchair. And I thought, there's no way, though, that I'm going to be able to get that wheelchair because it was just on the History Channel. How many people saw that wheelchair? <laughs> so I was like, don't get your hopes up, Mr. Warren, right? But it just felt like I was supposed to have this wheelchair. So the next morning, bright and early, I called this uh, shop. And I got the owner on the phone and I said, I don't suppose you still have that wheelchair, do you? And she said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do still have it. And my jaw hit the floor. And I said, "Uh, how much is it? Now, I'm not going to tell you what she told me. But I thought, you know what? I want it. It's perfect. I feel drawn to it. I, I said, I'll, you know. I'll take it. I'll take it. And I don't even think I negotiated with her. I just said, I'll take it. And so she goes, I said, can I buy it over the phone? And she goes, yeah, but you know, um, how are you going to get it? Cause I told her I was in Vegas and I said, well, can you ship it to me? And she goes, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, <clears throat> you know, what do you mean? Like I can pay for shipping she she goes we don't we we've we've done that kind of thing before and she said it's just when it comes to stuff that's big and kind of bulky and awkward like this especially since it's old and delicate she goes we just don't take the time and the effort to to pack up stuff like this and ship it we just don't do that so it, she wasn't even open to like you know give me a million dollars and I'll do it you know she was just like no we don't do that And I said, all right, fine. I will figure out how to get the thing here. So I went ahead and at least bought it uh, over the phone. And I said, "Um, can you, you know, can you hang on to it for me for a certain amount of time while I figure out how I'm going to get it? And she said, sure. Yeah, she was real nice about everything. So I got off the phone. I'm sitting there. I'm like racking my brains. First off, I'm excited that I have this thing. And we talked about the provenance. Um, and, uh, as a matter of fact, it has a, um, a label on it that says, um, presented by the Tauntaun Kiwanis Club. And, uh, again, used to transport President FDR during the 1932 Democratic Convention in Chicago. I know you're thinking like, well, Josh, how do you know that this is real? Look, I, I've already got that thing. That the, I have some of the best historians that are working on all the provenance. I've been in touch with the Kiwanis. I mean, trust me, things things are looking good in that department, all right? Uh, I don't have a picture of him sitting in the chair, I don't think. But, you know, it's it's hard. We're still looking. there. It's hard to find pictures of him in, the, in, in wheelchairs. But anyway, I feel very good about it. And the, her, the person she got it from has a good track record. So back to my challenge, how do I get this thing? And I started racking my brain and then it's like a light bulb went off. And I thought Dean Warsing, 
my buddy Dean Worsing. How often do I bring up his name on this show? All the time. I said, Dean, I bet kind of sort of lives in that direction because Dean lives in Maryland. And so I got on uh, Maryland and I got on online and I looked it up and I saw that it was like an hour and a half from Dean's house. So I called up Dean. This was like a Saturday morning and I explained to him what was going on. And I said, Dean, old buddy, old pal. What are the chances that you could go and, and get this thing for me? And then we'll figure out, you know, how, how you can get it to me. And he was like, done, dude. He's like, this sounds fun. He's a big fan of Pawn Stars as well, but he's also just a history buff and he's, he loves old things. And this, this is like right up his alley. He said, he's talking about his wife, Ann. He goes, Ann and I, we've been needing our good road trip anyway. That's beautiful country. And he was just like totally psyched to do this. And I could not have had a better person. I mean, talk about all the little pieces falling in into place. Dean drives out there like the next day or two, gets this thing, takes it back to his house. When we come back from this break, I'll tell you what happened that lets me know it's haunted. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and Dean Warsing is the most personable person on the planet. Dean and his wife, Anne, both are just so nice and charming and wonderful and reliable. Their whole family's like that. They're kids. And Dean was just like, yeah, I will go get that thing for you. He was excited about it. So he and Anne, they took their road trip. They went to Sellersville. They enjoyed themselves. I think they even bought some goodies for themselves. Uh, loaded up this wheelchair without a problem. And uh, took it right back to the safety of his home. And uh, Dean is also an artist. Uh, he, I, I guess he's okay with me saying he does a lot of things right now. He's especially focusing on pottery. But uh, he takes a lot of care uh, when it comes to, you know, just items that in craftsmanship. And like, he's the kind of guy that you want to be the caretaker of something historic like this. So um, this was back, I guess, around the holidays. And so uh, everybody was kind of busy. And so he just kind of kept it for a little while. And and finally, um, we, we figured out the best way for him to, to for him to ship it to me. You know, he, it, it can be done. <laughs> and so uh, he actually uh, took the wheels off of it. He did just some, a very slight disassembly to make it easier to ship. Uh, but anyway, it, and it, it was expensive to ship, but hey, it was worth it. So he got it out here to Las Vegas safe and sound. This gigantic box arrived and I opened it up and there it was. And it just, it, it was so weird to have, you know, seen this thing on the history channel. And, and I've even got the still of it, you know, from the TV. And now here it is in my house. It's just like, it's crazy how that can happen. It was meant to be. Thank you, Dean and Anne. I'm telling you, that was just, you guys were, you saved the day. You were, you were perfectly poised to, to get that thing in my hands. All right. So Lauren, she actually, she's the one who's good with her hands in the Warren family. And so she, uh, reassembled it. Okay. She put the wheels back on it and, 
It is now sitting in my living room where my Christmas tree was last year. All right. So I'm sort of in awe as I sit there and I see this this wheelchair. And again, all the historical research is happening as I speak. But I have no doubt, no doubt about its history. And I'll tell you why. We had had it for about, oh, three days, I guess. And one um, evening we were getting ready for bed. And, but I, I still had some lights on in the house. So you know, but the lights were not super bright. They were kind of dim, but I mean, you could see things fine. Lauren, um, I wasn't sure where she was in the house at this point. You know, again, we're kind of running around getting everything prepared. So I came down the stairs and I glanced over and what do I see to my shock? Lauren sitting in this antique wheelchair which you should never do. And then I realized, and of course, at first it freaked me out. I was like, what, Lauren, get out of that. And then I realized that's not Lauren. I jumped to the conclusion that it was Lauren because it was just, you know, a form of a person sitting in the wheelchair. And that's why immediately I thought, well, Lauren's the only other person in this house Lauren's in the wheelchair. She's going to damage this wheelchair. And I see this person and it's just a, a, a figure, kind of a hazy figure as my eyes sort of like focus in and then it disappears. And that's when I go, Oh my. And there it is, folks. The, the goosebumps, the hair stands up on the arms. And I say, Woo. I just saw what I believe to be a ghost and maybe it's my imagination, but, uh, (laughs) once I realized that wasn't Lauren, it sure seemed a lot like the, the profile cut by one Franklin D Roosevelt. Now, can I, I won't swear to that, that it was him, but Oh boy, was there a form sitting in that wheelchair? And that's when I was like, Lauren, Lauren, she was in a whole separate part of the house. And when she came over, she was like, what, what, you know, and I, and I I told her, I was like, watch, just keep your eye on this wheelchair. Right. And we waited and we waited and we waited and nothing reappeared. So now I have cameras all over my house, but I'll get back to that in a minute. Okay. I, I don't have cameras like inside every room it's all my cameras are like on the periphery they're security cameras so anyway i'm running out of time so let me just tell you that oh maybe about a week after we had it i came downstairs one day and lauren i I looked over and lauren goes look at the wheelchair and I look, I turned over, uh, turned my head in that direction. And as I told you, the wheelchair, um, right now it is sitting where the Christmas tree was. And so, uh, everything is positioned just so, you know, in our house. Lauren's very good at that, like the feng shui and keeping balance. The wheelchair had moved. I would say, uh, I believe I measured it and it was like between 10 and 13 inches is what we figured. It had rolled somehow. Now, 
I have a lot of delicate, fragile stuff in my house and nothing else had moved. Nothing else has ever moved. And on at least two or three occasions, this wheelchair has rolled to a different spot on its own. And Lauren says, Josh, get the EMF meters. Let's put a camera on this thing. And she's like, what do you know? What are you waiting for? And I told her, I said, look, I, I, I want to get this captured just as much as anybody, but I have to give you a cautionary tale because when I got Carville the alien, Art Bell's alien, everybody said that Carville would move on his own, especially at night. And the first night I got Carville, he apparently moved because I went into the room the next day and this is you know you're talking about like a a five foot tall hundred pound wooden statue had shifted positions it was pretty astounding and at that point i thought wow this thing really does move and so immediately i started putting cameras on him and he never moved again so I, i i know it sounds silly to be like some of these things are camera shy but it reminds me of like the the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that once you start observing something, the thing changes because it's being observed. It's similar to what we see when when we look at like the double slit experiment in quantum physics, that a particle behaves either as or an energy behaves as a particle or a wave, depending on how it's being observed. And I was afraid that I would I would repeat the mistake with with the wheelchair that I did with Carvel, I said, look, let's just let it do its thing for a while. And then I'll finally, you know, I'll, we'll record as much of that as we can with, and then I'll put the cameras and the instruments on it and then we'll see what happens. And, you know, it's not going anywhere. We have all the time in the world. So right now we're just not messing with it. We're letting it sit there. Uh, we're not, you know, doing any special scientific work studying it right now. We're just having our own human experiences with it. But very soon, I'm going to switch over to phase two, which is where I'm going to put the camera on it. I'm going to break out all the instrumentation. It's going to totally change the whole vibe around it. And then I'm going to do that because I want to say that I have experienced it in all these different ways before finally this thing is going to go on display, on public display in Boulder City, Nevada, with all the information attached to it. And thousands of people from all over the world are going to see it and my other stuff. And I will keep you updated on how that process proceeds. That is where we are right now. And I told you, I didn't know this was this story would take up the whole podcast. But I think you can see it was worth it. And that is how I have obtained my newest, most amazing item, Franklin D. Roosevelt's haunted wheelchair. (laughs) Okay, time to end the show. You know what happens now. Take a deep breath. Relax if you can and close your eyes. (sighs) Yes, let's all meditate on the good fortune tone.
That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.